do a little better. Today's kind of an exciting day. I want to get into some quick announcements before we get into the lesson. I want to remind everyone that our jambalaya feed is today. If you didn't notice, BJ out there cooking it this morning. Just as a reminder, this is to help offset the cost of Gulf Coast getaway for our college kids as they're going to be leaving this Friday. But also, this Friday, I believe, the youth are leaving for... There he is. <laughs> You're not in your pew. Oh, okay. Youth are leaving for Winterfest this Friday, so keep both the youth and the college group in your prayers as they're going to be traveling and doing these things this weekend. Yeah, but again, back to the Jambalaya feed. It's not, we're not asking you for money, but we are asking that you donate something for it. It's not required, but donations are appreciated. Want to remind everyone tonight, young families, kids, I want to see the front pew full. Otherwise, it's going to be everyone over 65 on the front pew. For out of the box. Looking forward to that tonight. Yeah, I'd seen all of you there. This Tuesday is our study with the elders. Chris Guerrero is going to be leading that discussion on everybody's favorite topic, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. You can be working through the scriptures on that. Wednesday, I have been told that I have to say it this way, or Holly Lampton gets upset with me. New year, new book. See her. If you want to be a part of the ladies' class Thursday, everyone can sing 6 p.m. right here in the auditorium. And then the final, or no, not the final, Jay Will asked me to talk to you guys about the Bible class teachers. There is a need for Bible class teachers both on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday night. For Sunday morning, they need fourth and fifth graders. Wednesday night, we need kindergarten through fifth grader Bible class teachers for our kids. Now, guys, you know what happens if no one volunteers for this, right? That means the kids just go with their parents to whatever class they go to which I don't have a problem with. But if you're not wanting to have your kids in your class with you, think about the blessing that you can give to the body and to the young people of volunteering to teach in those classes. If you have questions about it, talk to Jay Will. Uh, he's been wanting to get these slots filled for quite a while. And then finally, you should have gotten your life group letter this week. If you did not get a letter and you signed up for life group, I would ask that you give the Lake Charles Postal Service at least another five days to get that letter to you. It, for whatever reason, if I mail a letter from the house in Lake Charles, it goes to Baton Rouge and then it comes back to Lake Charles. And it takes some time, there's a little bit of overlap. So if you haven't heard or gotten a letter by the end of this week, come see me and we'll get you figured out of what group you're in uh, to get you set up that way. This morning we're gonna pick back up in First Peter. We were hoping that Mr. Tyrone was gonna be here today to talk to us about his Ethiopia and South Sudan mission. His wife came down with the COVID on Tuesday, so he and she have quarantined until they can get through that. Brian's going to be working on when he's going to be available to come back in the future, and we'll look forward to that. But I want to just do a quick summary of the previous two lessons from Peter now, as we've been talking about these things. We've been talking about evangelism, everybody's favorite subject, right? That one subject where we all get lightheaded and we start feeling like we're going to pass out the minute... The preacher starts talking about evangelism because that means that we got to follow specific programs and we got to do specific things. But what we've been seeing as Peter has been presenting it to us is that this, there's not a program per se, but just life. You, I, we are the program of evangelism that God has established for the church. And as individuals, we engage in those things, and it's our behavior that is the biggest source or biggest tell, biggest lesson 
in this method of evangelism. And the next lesson we had talked about while we're doing those things, what becomes necessary is transparency, all right? Because no one on this earth is dumb enough to actually think that as Christians, we are perfect and we've got it all together. They need to be able to see us following the master, however imperfectly that we do, they should see that source material through us understanding that there, our goal in this life is to live according to the example that Jesus set for us. If they see us fail, they'll also see us make repentance, confession, and get back on board. This is the life that we're being called to live. And they should know that we're tracing, and that's okay. We're not showing how awesome we are. We are showing how awesome the master is as we go into this. And we're going to move forward in the text of 1 Peter this morning. You go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to actually cover the rest of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3 this morning. And when we get down to brass tacks, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Everything that I'm about to say is most of, to most of you is not new information. Okay? I'm not going to blow your mind with brand new stuff this morning. You all know this. The question becomes not whether you know it or not. The question becomes whether you're actually going to apply it or not. Okay? We know what Peter is saying. We've heard it before. But do we do what Peter is saying? I want to start by asking a question. What is normal? You ever stop to think about that? What is normal? Raise your hand if you think you're normal. All right, nobody's going to tell the truth. I think I'm normal. Thank you, Taylor. I think I'm normal. Stephen, you don't think you're normal? Hey, nobody thinks they're normal. You're, oh, I know what it is. You believe that line. You're all special. Right? Because here's the deal, guys. If, if everybody's special, no one is. And that means we're all normal, right? Seriously, none of you think, except for me and Taylor, which is really weird, That, we're, that we're, we're the only normal ones in the room. That explains a lot, Taylor. Hey, but what is normal? And you think about it, you actually start to realize that normal, by definition, just we understand that by definition just simply means conforming to a standard, right? That's normal. That's what normal is. But when I say normal, I think we get some ideas in our head and we start thinking that I'm talking about what society deems is the standard for behavior. We understand, and in many ways, society will deem what is normal for our behavior, right? Right? You see the guy walking around downtown or wherever out in town, and, you know, he's got a fluorescent orange mohawk that's three feet tall. He is bucking the what? He's bucking the standard of what is normal according to societal rules. Because if it was normal, then guess what, guys? Every man in this room would look like a peacock, with the way they're running their hair. It's just not something that we view as normal in society. And so society will shape some of those things. But when we are talking about, <laughs> excuse me, normal from the text that we're going to be looking at, we need to understand that it is not the societal norm that Peter is calling us to. It's actually something far greater than the societal norm. That he, he's made it very plain up to this point that we are to conform to God's standard for life and no one else's. Okay, 
And he could have spent a ton of ink listing how we're supposed to act normally in every given scenario under the sun in which we would find ourselves living in this world, all right? But actually, it's one of those things I really appreciate about the biblical writers. It's something that I really appreciate about God. Is he says, okay, Jeremy, act normal, which all of a sudden makes us feel awkward, right? But he's, God doesn't sit there and go through all of the different lists of ways to act normal in any given scenario. What God says is, I want you to act normal. You're smart enough to figure it out. That they don't feel, it's not necessary for them to list every single thing that we're supposed to be doing from A to Z. I really appreciate that about the scriptures. He thinks that he has, God knows that we're thinking people, we have brains, and so when opportunities present itself for us to actually put that thing that's rattling around in our brain housing group to use, God has faith enough that we're going to actually be able to do what he's calling us to do without giving us specific examples, without going through a list of everything. And what Peter does is he follows that same standard, right? Uh, And he does give us some specific examples here in the text But understand that just because he only lists three different examples, that if you don't find yourself in one of those camps, that this doesn't apply to you, that's not what Peter is doing. What he's doing is saying, this is the principle. See how it plays out in these three things? It's the same everywhere you go. And so what becomes interesting to me is we look at the examples he gives of civic, domestic, and marital, the three examples he provides, And he doesn't cover them all, but we see the guiding principles in each one. The first one is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, right? Peter says, for such is the will of God, that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Excuse me. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. And here's the principle. You ready? Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. There's there's one of our guiding principles for this entirety of the text. The next one, excuse me, is in the next chapter, starting in chapter three and verse eight. He says, so to sum up, or if we're gonna put it all together, okay, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. There's our principle. He says, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. If, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Verse 10, for the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So both of these scriptures, 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 3, provide the underlying principle for what normal looks like, okay? So that's the standard that God sets for us. And so what is normal according to God's standard of our behavior is we're supposed to be living according to the call that we answered, by the way. He didn't force us into this. The principles are very simple. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, love God, honor the king, be harmonious, be sympathetic, be brotherly, be kind-hearted, be humble. Was any of that new to any of us this morning? 
None of it's new, right? We know this. And this is how we're supposed to behave. And so when we come to the question of, well, well how am I supposed to behave in, you know, with my wife? Mm. Honor God, or honor all people, love God, honor the king, yeah, be sympathetic, compassionate, humble. Well, okay, well, that was actually pretty easy. But, but how am I supposed to act when it comes time to actually be obedient to civil authorities? Oh, uh, well, you're going to honor all people. You're going to love God. And you're going to be sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble. See how it fits everything? That would also include, well, how do I act in the classroom? How do I act at work? How do I act at home? When I've got my less than normal family members over for the holiday meal. That's the standard for all behaviors. And that is what's normal. Now, following this standard is going to set us apart from the world. We're going to be different. And they're going to look at us. And you know what the world's going to say when we're acting normally? They're going to look at us and say, What are you doing, man? That's not normal. And you look at it and say, uh, actually, yeah, it is normal. This is how I'm, I'm supposed to be behaving in any given situation or scenario. This is normal. And they're going to think it very strange as they look at that. And in each of the three examples that Peter gives, okay, when we look at it as a whole, he shows us what Christ-like behavior looks like how we're supposed to behave. And each of them point out the fact that how others behave, whether it's the king, whether it's the master, or whether it's your spouse, doesn't change the fact that we're still called to behave in a specific way. And how, notice how that flies in the face of the modern narrative. Right? Well, I'm acting this way because he did this to me. Or he's acting this way toward me. No, you are still supposed to follow the standard that God set through his son, Jesus. How that person behaves towards you has nothing, nothing to do with how you respond and how you behave. You know how I know that? Because I think I read somewhere, oh, that's right, I just read it. Not returning insult for insult, not evil for evil. Outside scenarios do not dictate how we choose to manifest the heart at all. In fact, I think I remember reading the master even talking about these things, about this concepts of being unclean. Remember when he had said, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out when he's talking about the state of your mind, the state of your heart, the attitude that we take on this. Is this, a, is this bar set really high? Is this standard set pretty high here, guys? Let's be upfront on this. Yes, this standard is, is set high on purpose. Do you, know, do you know why you set standards high with people? Not so you can watch them fail, and that's not what God is doing here, okay? God doesn't set this standard so high so that he can watch us fail and laugh at us the whole time. That's not what happens. 
But he sets the bar high for the same reason that we set the bar or the standard high for our children. For those of us that have raised children, why did we expect great things from our kids? Because we knew they would work to meet that standard. Did they always meet it? No. Did it matter? No. The standard was still set and they were still striving to do that, still striving to be better. Do you think that God doesn't want us to be better today than we were yesterday? Or tomorrow than we are today? That's why he puts these things out there for us because he knows that we're going to strive for them. It's a motivator, right? You go back to the beginning of 1 Peter in chapter one, verses three through five, and he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by his power through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. It's not that God says you can't accomplish it. It's the exact opposite, that God's saying, I'm giving you the power and provide that power for you, the energy. I've changed you into this new creature. This bar is set high because you can do it. We can be this. And all of this is done not solely for our benefit. Yeah, we receive the benefit of salvation. No argument there. We, we receive the benefit that, that comes with the freedom that God gives us but it's also done so that others can see the grace of God working in our lives and perhaps experience it for themselves. Because here's the deal, guys. God has always been concerned and interested in people coming to know him. He could care less if people come to know Jeremy. What he wants is people to come to know him through me. That's his concern. And that's why he did these things for me. And when I take that attitude and I approach life in this way, it's very humbling. And people won't know God unless they're introduced to God. Or through us, their blinders are taken off, right? That was the point of our reading this morning from Romans 10. And I know a lot of you were like, whew, so good, so glad Jeremy's only preaching to himself this morning. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? Well, how are they going to hear about him without a preacher? And how many of us at that point shut our brains off because we said, well, that one doesn't apply to me. The rest of this doesn't apply to me. It's a good thing Jeremy's the only preacher around here. Maybe, maybe, maybe Hunter, you know, campus ministry. We do understand that he's not talking about a guy who wears a suit every Sunday and stands behind a pulpit, right? 
that in the greater context of what Paul is writing about in Romans, raise your hand if you would fit the role of preacher according to what Paul is writing about in the context of Romans. Thank you. How will they hear without a preacher? He's talking to us. And here's the beautiful thing about how, well, let me finish reading this, okay, before I get into going off on this. How will they preach unless they're sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Do you guys understand that God's call for us as preachers and ministers of those carrying the message of the gospel, whether, and man, I've been enjoying Chris's class on our Sunday morning here as he's been talking about the kingdom. Yeah, we are presenting the message of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, the good news of Jesus, the life that is found in him. Do you recognize how beautiful you are when you're preaching that message? And do you know how to preach that message? Act normal. It's, it's not crazy that we're not talking about you acting normal of you walking up to somebody on the street and say, do you know the good news of Jesus Christ? Because that's just awkward. But through life, and as they witness your good deeds, according to what Peter has said, you fulfill the preaching role of that. You are telling people about the good news of Jesus. You're telling people about the good news of the kingdom, of the community that you're a part of. That we're supposed to be acting normally through all of this so that by word or deed, there's no question who we're serving and why we're serving. See, I think we do really well with talking about who we serve. But what about the why? Can you answer that? A man once said that as we're living our lives, we may differ in our judgment about what is true, but that does not affect the truth of the matter itself. See, whether someone, this is what I really appreciate about this and everything that Peter has been writing to us, see, whether, whether someone meets God through you or not doesn't change the fact that he's still God. And people still need the Savior. And this is the life that we've been called to. Praise God, this is the life we can live. That we can be this, and that we should be this. Let's be a people who act normal. We'll find ourselves on the outside looking in on a lot of things, though, when we find ourselves acting normal. And then we may, and Satan will lie to us in those moments and say, well, man, if you just weren't so weird, people would accept you more. Tweak your thinking. Tweak the standard. Make the standard a little bit easier for you to reach to, and then you'll, be a, you'll fit in a little bit more. That's not what Peter's saying here. What Peter is saying is that by acting according to the standard that God set, you will be different. You will be set apart from everyone else around you. And that's how it's supposed to be. How different are you? 
Are you approaching every scenario, every opportunity, every, every situation that you find yourself in uh, of, of the mindset of, all right, honor people, love God, uh, sympathetic, compassionate, kind, humble. Or are you finding yourself tweaking the standard because you're wanting to fit in better? Or you're wanting to just not be who God calls you to be? Operating under your own strength, under your own power, will cause frustration through all of this. But resting in the knowledge of what God has provided brings peace of mind and behavior change. It's who we can be, but we've got to submit. Oh, sorry. I know that's a four-letter word. But that's what God calls us to. Full submission. And Stephen's going to have a stand and sing a song in a minute. And as a member of the family here at Boulevard, if you've been struggling with the concepts of submission and how to act according to the standard that God sets for you, which, by the way, you agreed to, nobody forced you, it's still worth your time to continue to act according to that standard, to continue to submit to God. And you're ready to recommit, resubmit your life This is a great opportunity to do that by making the confession, getting yourself back in line with God's view of things and moving forward. And perhaps you're here this morning, you've been studying the scriptures, whether it's with a family member here or just on your own, and you've come to the very clear realization of the truth and reality of what, well, what all humans deal with, which is just sin and rebellion. And you're ready to become this new creature, this recreated creature that God will do through you, through the confession of Jesus and the baptism and the resurrection that you will also participate in when you come out of the water, having your sins washed away. Whatever it is that we can do for you this morning, I, I personally want you to be encouraged to know that that's why we're here, because we love you. The elders love you. They need to know. They want to know how they can help. We need to know. We, as a body, want to know how we can help you. So we encourage you, if you have a need, make it known while we stand and sing.